0: Rolling, Bob. Hello, Adam. Hello, Andrew. We're
1: in, your, we're in your home village. On my home tough my manor. <laughs> East Finchley N2. To... It's great, East Finchley. I really like it. It's kind of full of... Um... Well, it's full of independent little bookstores as well. As well, one independent bookstore. One independent bookstore.
0: Actually, as we have it tonight, I mean, this is going to go out after the fact, but it's East yeah. Finchley late night shopping night tonight. Support your local shops, wherever you may be.
1: Also, you've got a lovely little French market, haven't you, on the weekend? The
0: French market swings by from time to time. We've got Tony's Continental, the finest greengrocer in God's green earth. <laughs> what
1: do they do for Christmas? <laughs> Anything good for Christmas in what? French market? I don't know. Would they
0: better play? off with Tony's, they do Christmas trees they do treats from southern Mediterranean <laughs> Europe for you to, to grace any Christmas table <laughs> um, even, even it, I tell you what Tony's Continental is such a good green grocer. that yeah. even the kids even love Brussels sprouts He's from organic. there all organic, fantastic little place, yeah
1: Oh, we're here outside Black... We're here because we're actually outside
0: Black Gull Books. Black Gull Books. Uh, they're also in Camden Town, Black oh, okay, Gull okay. Books, but they've yeah. got a premises here in East Finchley. Great second-hand bookshop. Stuff with them. Stuff with books. The, the window display is often quite a treat in East Finchley here. You know, blameless suburban East Finchley, and from time to time, uh, Black Gull Books will have a display in the window of counter-cultural sedition.
1: Scarves. It's they do a lot of scarves they seem to apparently. have scarves.
0: It's, maybe it's a Christmas thing at the moment, but we've got <laughs> some lovely Christmas books in the window here, um, which is why we're here today. We're here to discuss the Christmas, Christmas book, A Christmas Carol by yes. Charles Dickens.
1: Yeah, which is a wonderful tale.
0: 1843.
1: 1843 came out six weeks. Took him six weeks to write. Came out December the 19th, I believe. December the 19th.
0: But bang in time right. for Christmas. Bang
1: in time for Christmas. Knocked it out there in six weeks. He started writing in September, I think. Wow, six okay. weeks. So it was okay. all done by kind of mid-October, and then that uh, gets it out. For, um, December the 19th. I I was
0: going to say that it's the Christmas book to end all Christmas books, but actually it's it's completely the opposite. It's the Christmas book to begin all Christmas books.
1: Um, Yeah, so we're going to tuck in there, pull it out. They
0: must have it. Of course they will. Uh, let's, Let's go inside.
2: Yay. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it. And Scrooge's name was good upon change for what anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail.
0: Yeah, Ty, so do you do it? You do yeah, it. You do the the colon yes. is... The colon is... is, yeah. is, is, is confusing. Confusing. So, so Marley was dead. Marley was dead.
1: To, to begin, begin with. with. <laughs> What's <laughs> the <laughs> phrase?
0: <laughs> so Marley was dead to begin with. Yeah, Marley, Marley was, was dead. dead to
1: begin with. To begin with? Yeah, I don't know. How would you Marley do that? Marley was dead. Marley was dead. To begin with, there's Marley, no doubt whatever about that.
0: Marley was dead. <laughs> to begin,
1: with. Marley was dead.
0: <laughs> there are several reasons, is isn't there? One of the most famous. How does Patrick Stewart light? do it? Patrick Stewart. I saw Patrick Stewart uh, on stage, and uh, he was. Um, he's in the movie. There's a Channel Four yes. movie right, right, right. with Patrick Stewart as Scrooge. But he, I first saw him on stage at the Albury. Right. and he his he's, he's, he's back story to this he'd written it he'd um, adapted what Christmas Carol right. uh, for um, for the stage right. and he uh, had been on set or on location and he was in digs somewhere right. and he was not being used one day uh, and it was high summer and he picked up a copy of A Christmas Carol right. on the bookshelf in the guest house he was staying in mm. and he read it in one sitting and he did a one man show uh, in the West End, and it was astonishing. There's always, a, there's often a feeling in a one-man show if it's not going well. There's always the point where you remember that there's no one else coming on. <laughs> you know, or stuck with this one all night long. But this, it was a fireworks display. He played right. all the parts. Right. He, he did all the voices right, to borrow right, from right. Dickens okay, himself. Okay, there, okay, he was okay. just astonishing. Right. Uh, and it was lovely that he'd he'd read the book in High Summer or reread right. the book right. in High Summer and uh, he'd adapted it as a one-man show and he he did very yeah. well but he also plays it on uh, the, the the movie version right right okay one of the movie
1: because yeah well dickens read the entire would it, well i don't know was it he must have been i can't imagine that when he read it um he would have done the entire thing i mean that would have taken two three or four hours wouldn't it to read the entire thing just <laughs> perhaps you know but attention <laughs> spans it, being different yeah, back different then though, perhaps again, you know yeah, it's yeah because um, yeah. yeah, he did yeah. It live work, Dickens, yeah, he? yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's very theatrical. I mean, he wanted to be, he wanted that's what he wanted to do. When he an actor? That was first of all, he had a cold, didn't he? A bit like I've got to this morning, but he had a cold and he missed the audition, and that was the end of his kind of career. Wow, this yeah. colossus yeah, yeah, of yeah. English letters is <laughs> yeah, a failed turned, actor, yeah, yeah. He turned up well, he didn't turn up, he was kind of set to go for this audition, had this terrible cold, and just didn't go on that day. And that was kind of curtains. That was the last time he, but obviously, I mean, he was I and mean, in his early days, he was organizing all these, you know, in um, Bentings Street where we talked about like, a little bit earlier. He was organising these kind of family get-togethers, and he would, you know, play the accordion and do the costume, do the lot, wouldn't he? And write these short little stories, I think, which they'd all perform. Wow! So he's very theatrical. I well, mean, I think that the stage is lost is literature's game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant book, isn't it? I mean, I, we were saying earlier. I was reading it to my little boy Milo the other day, and it's kind of wow. easy to follow, and it's great, and it's kind of. Not as dense. It's not as dense as the other ones, is it? I don't think.
0: It's very funny. It's yeah, very, very, funny. very, funny. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's a great story of redemption. A great story of redemption. And what I also didn't know, it was that there was a kind of prototype for this as well. There was Gabriel Grubb in Pickwick Papers. OK. Uh, which is a very, I mean, it's just a, a It's a chapter. I think it's chapter 28 or 28, between 28 and 30. And it's Mr Wardle, and he's talking about, I mean, there's a kind of idyllic scene of... Um, Christmas um, in the Pickwick papers and um, there's a uh, Mr. Wardle is invited to tell a story and he tells a story about this character called Gabriel Grubb and um, he's a kind of miser nasty bit of work and um, he's walking home he's a sexton in a, in a churchyard and he's walking home and he sees this cheery young boy walking past him and he's singing and he boxes him on the head whacks him around the head so he's a nasty bit of work and then he goes to this um um he goes to the churchyard and he kind of hears his voices and it's the voice of a goblin the king of the goblins and they take him off And there's a kind of semi-trial time of scene and they mercilessly beat him and then he kind of wakes up or he, you know it's a vivid dream or nightmare he wakes up in the morning and um, um, it's a kind of story of redemption so I think he, it's a kind of proto you know, proto-thing for, for Scrooge. Okay. This is 1836, 1837, so it was six years before... Yeah, 1843 it comes out. for Christmas Carol. I love
0: that I'm particularly fond of the supernatural angle um, in, in the narrative, given the literature of Scotland is infused with, you know, ghosties and uh, spirits. Uh, you'd think of James Hogg's um, private memoirs and confessions yeah. of a justified oh, sinner, right. which in which the devil... Is uh, the principal character, or even uh, bundy 's Tam O'Shanter, with right, where Tam right, is right. Um, chased home. So when
1: was that? When was that? What period is 18th that? Eighteenth century
0: which? is Burns. Okay. Um, okay. The, uh, the, the Tam o' uh, long poem about uh, the fellow who stays at the pub too long right. uh, and has to uh, travel home by a shortcut past right. the old haunted kirk, the old haunted church, and is chased by. Uh, spirits, right, it's, um, right. so the literature of Scotland, my, my homeland, is uh, infused with the supernatural well, that, yeah, and that. that draws me, that make that, that, that's the, one of the aspects that draws me to A Christmas Carol, is the ghosties aspect.
1: Yeah, yeah, well that Victorian period, they seem to be very much into, you know, monsters and detectives and mm. murder stories, were not they? Mm. Particularly mm. interesting, mm. Um yeah, there's a uh, uh, so he writes it in six weeks. I mean, wow, it's very okay. very quick, isn't it? And it comes out Christmas. <laughs> no, it's something like the nineteenth of December or something. Yeah, it comes out yeah. right at Christmas. He sold six thousand copies um, in the first at um, uh, the first set of books. Six thousand copies before Christmas Eve. So wow. I mean he. I think he, he did lose money on this. He self, I think he self-published it. Or he, took a, he took a royalty from it, didn't he? Did no, does
0: it come on the back of the, Chuzzlewit. Com, the comparative failure commercially yeah. of yeah. Martin yeah. Chuzzlewit?
1: Yeah, which he thought was some of his best work he'd ever written, but mm. actually didn't sell as well. Okay. And part of that was set in America as well because he wanted to, you know, take the... Um, crack, uh, the crack the American market by yeah, like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't go down that well, I don't think. Well, so he, his, I think his popularity was slightly on the wane, you know. So he wanted to write this kind of short, you know, this novella, and um uh, and he I think he yeah he self published it, he took a cut from it, but he was very disappointed with the takings, although to me i mean it was i think by by may eighteen forty four there were seven editions of it had gone through okay altogether twenty four editions by february eighteen forty four february eighteen forty four there were three theatrical productions by the end of that month, there were eight um so I mean it was being played in New York you know by Christmas 1844 so a huge critical success but I think he was losing a lot of money because it was being knocked off as well it was being copied and there was copyright problems and actually he was winning some of those but um, one particular one they, they were bankrupt so they couldn't pay up okay. so I think he, he, he I think he lost some money it certainly didn't make anything like the money he, he made but critically it was a huge huge uh, success
0: and so in terms of popular success Now, one of the most beloved of all English works of fiction. 28 film versions of it. Wow, it's incredible. Okay, Okay. and I I, I don't think I've caught up with all of them. I'm particularly fond of. uh, uh, the Bill Murray version, Scrooged, uh, updated <laughs> yeah. to the, 19, yeah. the greedy yeah. 1980s. A yeah.
1: Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet you know. Christmas
0: Carol's very good. Uh, <laughs> Sir Michael Caine as, yeah, the, yeah, as, as yeah. the Scrooge yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Murray's ca- Bill Murray plays a version of Scrooge. He's a television executive, right. and he has two. Um, he's he's putting a version of A Christmas Carol on television and he's yeah. very far from infused with the spirit of Christmas. He doesn't know how to keep Christmas in his heart, uh, as it says in Christmas Carol. And he um, gets his comeuppance the same as every Scrooge and yeah. vividly done, vividly yeah. done. I think particularly The Ghost of Christmas Future yeah. uh, is yeah. Uh, yeah. always the most yeah. frightening, but in this particular movie adaptation, vividly... Yeah. Yeah. Chilling.
1: and also I, I think he was kind of kind of really reinventing or reinvigorating Christmas wasn't he mm. Christmas carols you know mm. the idea of kind of seasonal greetings and you know, charitable giving mm. you know that was all part of it wasn't it I mean that was uh, Christmas tree Prince Albert just brought over the Christmas tree from from Germany you know so it was a, uh, the kind of Christmas we know today as much to take from Dickens's Christmas Carol, the man who
0: invented Christmas yeah
1: kind of reinvented kind of Christmas of this kind of season time family get together charitable giving you know Christmas Christmas carols, Christmas songs, Christmas—you know—I mean, there's loads of recipes. I think is there recipes in there? There's a—is ah, there? No. there a punch in those? I there think, think
0: at Fezziwig's party, if I remember correctly, they drink uh, something called negus. <laughs> which I, th- which I believe is a, a sort of mulled ale. The right. verb to mull right, is right. simply to heat up. Right. Okay. So it's ale rather than wine uh, okay. infused with okay. herbs and spices. <laughs> and uh, so they drink a negus <laughs> at that uh, Feziewick's party.
1: Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, and kind of puddings as well. Maybe puddings. I think we did. We tried. I think one of our podcasts where I, I was attempting to remake one of the the ingredients from uh, from a, a pudding from the Christmas Carol. Okay. I I, I think it's all. Um, yeah, I mean, you think of the Richard Curtis films now. You think of those almost made for America, but it's always you know the final scenes of the Bridget Jones' Diary. It's snowing, snowing yeah, and the eyelashes. Dickensian, yes. you know, people are padding their feet and they keep. Yeah. And it's all Christmas Carol, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. when we send our Christmas cards today, they're of coach, coaches the and you know, you think Dickensian, don't you? All roads so lead back to Charles Dickens, Dickens. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he, he very much enjoyed that. I think it was partly inspired by his, you know, his childhood as well. And even some people say, you know, maybe Scrooge was kind of partly his. You know, perhaps his father who was very much a kind of in a kind of way uh, you know he was in, uh, got into terrible debt immediately mm. he was in prison for debt so this kind of character who was you know a uh, um, kind of always attempting to redeem himself, Mm. you know, not necessarily successfully. So I think that definitely... And also that kind of humiliation of being sent off to the blacking factory when he was only, you know, 12 years old, I think it was. Sure. He was described by the other people there as the young gentleman. I mean, he was mortified by being sent (laughs) off to, you know, the big blacking factory. And even when his father came out of prison, they still sent him back there. And I think he never... He never forgave his mother for that, so sure. I think that humiliation is all part of. I think he'd visited all these kind of ragged schools as well, particularly the one in Field Lane, mm-hmm. which is where Fagin's den is, and Farringdon okay. is where that okay. was But we go, we go around by Cornhill, don't we? I, I do it in the Haunted Walk. Actually, I talk about the Christmas Carol. Sure. But also in the Shakespeare and Dickens and Leadenhall Market. I think I, he doesn't say this, but we imagine Leadenhall Market is where the Ghost of Christmas Present flies through there. Sure. Um, Cornhill the Counting House. Um, and then, as you say, Bob Cratchit on the, goes on the swing twenty times. The slide, 20 slide times.
0: yeah, no. A couple of years ago, for the Daily Constitution,al I, I, I um. In honor of Bob Cratchit on Christmas Eve, uh, I walked from Cornhill, yeah. where uh, Bob goes down the slide uh, ten times, ten time, right, uh, before right. walking home to Camden Town.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I, I walked from Camden Town, uh, from Cornhill to Camden Town. Right, right. Uh, in honor of Bob Cratchit, really? it's quite a hoof, you know, yeah, yeah, for yeah, a, yeah. A, a poor clerk yeah. going back to an unheated home yeah. right, right, right. Uh, to oh, his oh. his family and Tiny Tim. Yeah. Uh, the, the route I took took me through Clarkenwell and. Will, yeah. <coughs> and um, Appropriately enough, perhaps, uh, past the headquarters of the, the Save the Children charity. Ah, right, okay, uh, entirely okay. uh, an apposite location to be yeah, calling in yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, given Dickens' subject matter in, yeah, in A Christmas yeah, Carol. But yeah. it's quite a walk, and uh, I, I covered it for the Daily Constitution. Right.
2: Heaped up on the floor to form a kind of throne were turkeys, geese, game, poultry, brawn, great joints of meat, sucking pigs, long wreaths of sausages mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, juicy oranges, luscious pears, immense twelfth cakes and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam.
1: But yeah, you should read it.
0: Absolutely, it's it's a
1: short one. It's a good one.
0: Yes, particularly at this time of year. But it's um, it may well be my favourite Dickens. Yeah.
1: And if you have read it, but haven't read the Gabriel Grubb scene in Pickwick Papers, that's a really interesting thing to read. It. It's a real prototype for that character. Good one. Good one. A
2: bit of backstory. Yeah. Yeah. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us, and all of us.
0: Well, it only remains to say thanks to... Bruno. Bruno, thanks yeah. for letting us use uh, Black
1: Gull Books today to record our uh, podcast. You can hear us, because we naturally just whispered, didn't we? You always go in our, our museum, a museum, and There's a church-like to... <laughs> atmosphere in Black Gull Books, which <laughs> provokes high-minded thought. Yes. <laughs> Barely audible, right? I hope you can hear what we're talking about. Maybe it's a kindness. A kindness that you've kind of picked up with some of it. Perhaps. But thank you very much, the Buddha. It's a brilliant shop, isn't
0: it? It is a great shop. Only
1: one thing to say. I think, given
0: the context, there's only one thing left to say. Would you agree?
1: Yes. God 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 bless bless us, us, everyone. everyone.
2: London Walks podcast was compiled, produced and presented by Andy Hallett and Adam Scott Goulding. For details of the full programme of London Walks, London's best guided walking tours, go to www.walks.com. The London Walks podcast was an APB production.